0: Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelicone. You are listening to episode 54 the spin chagrin in last week's category was taking out the trash. So Frank, what did you come up with
1: for the category of taking out the trash? So I'm not gonna lie, like you read me this category and I was like, what the fuck? Like the only thing <laughs> I could think of was Men at Work. <laughs> and I've seen Men at Work at least twice, and I'm not watching that movie ever again. And so it wasn't gonna be Men at Work so you had you had told me that the the title came from our friend orion Mm -hmm. had come up with this title so i texted him and i was like buddy like what was your did you have a movie in mind or were you trying to like force me in a certain direction with this taking out the trash shit and his response was he was just happened to be watching the movie house and one of the guys in the movie took out the trash Mm -hmm. like literally (laughs) It's when he chops her up, right? And like is, yeah, in-house. Yep.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I figured, fuck it, I can just do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. But, so I, there's two movies that are going to be talked about tonight. The first one is going to be the actual spin chagrin movie. And then the second one is a bonus. Um, but they do relate to taking out the trash. So. Okay. All right. So our first movie in our spin chagrin film of the evening is the 2019 action thriller uh the gangster the cop and the devil um it's a south korean crime thriller um stars uh dong sook ma, ma dong um who is also don lee the guy that plays uh gilgamesh in the eternals Oh, okay. um and is also in train to busan and a bunch of other stuff um, mm-hmm. pretty fan that pretty fantastic uh actor Mm -hmm. um it's the basic premise is that there's this serial killer that is going around this kind of impoverished neighborhood of seoul who is his mo is that he rear ends someone in his car and when they stop to get out to look at the damage he murders him and then basically um, leaves their corpse and escapes. and um, They don't really say like how he kills them, where he doesn't leave any physical evidence, but apparently that's what happens. So at first, nobody even believes it is a serial killer until later, but um, he's done this like several times. So that's plot number one. Okay. Plot number 2 is there's this young brash cop um who's trying to make a name for himself in um this district's like uh, police department. So part of his district including his lieutenant is corrupt and under the pay of the Don Lee character um who's a uh, just big imposing like almost like the kingpin kind of mm-hmm. um just this bear of a man who controls like all of organized crime in this area. Uh, But the young cop has, um, has made it his mission to kind of bring this guy down. um, Even though the guy is paying off like some of the other police force. So the young cop and his partner are on their way to actually investigate um, the first murder that you see in the movie. Uh, So this body in the trunk of a car on the side of the road and there's a traffic jam. So the young hotshot detective gets all agitated and it's like, um, and he says this in Korean, so I can't imitate it exactly, but he says, you know what? Because he looks over and he sees there's a gambling house that's run by um the Don Lee character. Mm-hmm. He says I'm not gonna wait in this traffic. I'm gonna take out the trash. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, okay, well then this is a hundred percent gonna be this venture Grin movie. <laughs> so right. So he he jumps out of the car and he runs over and he causes a bunch of trouble mm-hmm. and ends up arresting the guy that's doing the money changing. Because the the scam is that this Don Lee guy and Don Lee is the name of the actor again, not not I don't remember the name of the criminal, mm-hmm. um, Gyeong or something like that. So he is fixing machines so that they have um you know unfair payouts or they're weighted in the um, in favor of the house um and he's been doing this like criminal activity for a long time apparently and he's just gotten away with it um but apparently has had run-ins with this cop before so they set that up where uh he kind of views him as just kind of an annoyance and is calling his lieutenant that's on the take and be like, hey, can you take care of this guy? Um, so you see another killing um, and then you see uh, the cop, the young cop getting yelled at by his lieutenant because, you know, why can't you just follow orders? It, there's a lot of tropes in this movie that are very much I don't know, in dozens of other, like, not even just Korean like crime thrillers, but like crime thrillers in general so you got the, you know, the brash detective that won't follow orders and keeps getting threatened with demotion and suspension, whatever, um, who bel- who's figured out with almost no evidence that there's a serial killer um, and wants to pursue it. Nobody believes him. And then um, the um, Don Lee character is getting some pushback from one of these other crime lords that's supposed to work for him. And so he has to go and basically beat the shit out of the guy in his uh, flunky in order to kind of make his point. Um, so all these things happen. So the Don Lee guy is leaving the meeting with um, the other crime boss and he's got his bodyguards there and they're like, Hey, do you want us to take you home? And he's like, no, I'm fine. Um, Cause he had to beat up one of his bodyguards for being disrespectful to the other, uh, other crime boss um so he's like no you know I'll drive myself home and of course as he's driving home um gets bumper tapped by the serial killer who ends up attacking him um and stabbing him a couple of times and then Don Lee just beats the shit out of the guy like it's actually like a fucking awesome scene mm-hmm. <laughs> with them kind of fighting and like struggling for the knife and um Lee ends up like getting the knife away from the guy and stabbing him in the chest. Um, And then the guy runs away and Lee has to go into the hospital. So now you have this setup where the cop has figured out that Don Lee was probably attacked by the serial killer and wants him to help them catch this guy. Um, Don Lee wants to get direct vengeance on the serial killer for attacking him um, and doesn't like, Want to see him get actual justice, he just wants to murder him. And the serial killer, who's now being forced to kind of move away from where he is because he, you know, left a living witness, and that witness beat the shit out of him. And there's a lot more heat now because they announce um, on TV that there's a serial killer. So, hmm. this is like the rest of the movie is um, the serial killer moving to a different. Um, province or I don't mm-hmm. prefecture I don't know what they call it in uh, South Korea um, and then Don Lee and the, the cop um, sort of forming this almost brotherly affection for each other in trying to hunt this guy down mm-hmm. um, so I'm not going to spoil a whole lot of what happens yeah, at the yeah. end, and there, there's not a lot of chagrin here to talk about where i would need to like really go into huge detail but it's um, like a decent movie i mean yeah it's it's it, it's fun mm-hmm. here's here's my couple small problems with it mm-hmm. um it's very derivative of things like memories of a murder mm-hmm. and um i saw the devil and um the chaser especially it, it feels a lot like the chaser in a lot of ways and there's nothing wrong with that because those are all really good movies But it's just, it's weird to me that every Korean crime thriller always paints the police, especially provincial, um, like non-federal police, to be borderline incompetent, mostly corrupt, and generally just lazy about doing their jobs correctly. Mm -hmm. But then there's always some roguish ne'er-do-well who does all these terrible things but really has a highly developed sense of honor Mm -hmm. that ends up being the guy that kind of is the central figure in the movie right so i really i don't i don't know like if um crime is really bad in south korea and i don't know if there's not a lot of uh we looked this well i looked this up when we were doing a podcast that within the past couple of years i mean i asked the same question about the chaser because i was like you know the only guy that's got any kind of competence is the guy that used to be a cop and quit to go be a pimp
0: yeah so. no we we looked it up on a specific i looked it up on a specific episode and yeah it's like apparently like uh south korean police like it it's it's pretty well known like the there's a lot of corruption like among there both like in terms of the police and politicians, um, in South Korea. Like, so I, I think it's just a a thing that exists and has works its way to its film, I guess a lot.
1: Well, it's funny because the, the filmmakers must be more afraid of what the politicians can do to them than the cops, because <laughs> there's almost never any, i think it's local politicians every every once in a while you'll get some guy that's like a yeah like a councilman or something Mm -hmm. that's in bed with the criminal element um but it's always there's always a police lieutenant that's on the take um Mm -hmm. there's always some cops that are more interested in like shaking down pedestrians and stealing money from them than actually solving crimes there's always some guy that's got he's either really young and idealistic or he's got a drinking problem And he's older and he's the only one that wants to like really solve things, but he can't bring himself to like stay within the confines of the law to do it. And all that stuff is fine because, you know, I mean, that's why tropes exist because they work. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But because the performances in this movie are so great, um, you really notice like how number one, nonsensical elements of this plot are like the way that crime scene investigation works and these jumps in logic that they make to figure out who the killer is where it's just like right like you just oh you just, you just thought of that like that's but it doesn't matter because it's still a fun movie mm-hmm. Um the other thing too is that and this is going to sound maybe racist I don't know um, they do this shot and I, I bow ahead anyway (laughs) well i mean whatever you're you're gonna tell me one way or another i don't mean it to be racist so that's my my caveat um they they film many scenes where it's a a, um a trailing shot with the camera in front of the person walking so the, the camera's like trailing backwards and like the person's walking with them Mm-hmm. And it's almost always um, Don Lee involved in this. And I'm like, I, I love this dude as an actor. I've, I've liked him for a really long time. Um, he's been in a lot of stuff in America and in uh, South Korea, but he just, he's one of those guys just has the presence and the look. um, Sort of like uh like, like 70s De Niro kind of almost, but Burlier, like maybe a combination of De Niro and, like lee marvin and charles bronson like combined like just he looks like he's been in a thousand fights and he looks like he could just beat the shit out of anybody for anybody that watches wrestling samoa joe is a good comp for mm-hmm. what this guy is like mm-hmm. in terms of like his size and stuff so i love watching him I, I think he's a fantastic actor but when they film him he's always wearing these like these flashy suits so they're always patterned or bright colors and he's wearing sunglasses And they do the trailing shot in just the slightest fisheye, and it's Uh like watching like fucking like Gangnam Style or whatever, like (laughs) over and over and over, Uh because they're always moving, and it's like there's this slight weird like amphibian jiggle to everything, you know? Because I know exactly Uh the slightly distended yeah forms of everything, Mm -hmm. and the whole time it just like it could be like the most badass scene. And the whole time you're just like whoopo Gundam style, <laughs> Like it's like fucking twelve years ago or something
0: I I don't I don't think that's racist. I think or you're I pointing know. out a film filmmaking technique that is um just happens to be specific to a region. And I'm sure there's a reason for that, but doesn't make the filmmaking technique like not like irritating. Or laughable, I guess maybe.
1: So to take you out of the movie? No. I mean it's okay, just okay. silly. Okay. It's one of those things where you have to accept certain things in like certain countries are much goofier when it comes to stuff like this. And I would say stuff from china a lot of times can be really goofy um like it has almost like a cartoonish element to it um some stuff from like thailand has that feel to it a little bit where it's like just a little too like they don't want to commit to the seriousness so they got to put something a little soft in there um south korea is pretty good at like keeping things like really on the level and gritty. Um, but there's always like some small thing in every movie where you just kind of roll your eyes at it and accept it um, because the rest of the movie is enjoyable. So um it's maybe 10 or 15, like maybe 10 minutes too long. I think they dragged the conclusion out just a little bit, hmm. but the actual like final scenes of the movie are some of the most satisfying um, in crime thrillers that I've seen in a long time. Like you really feel good about the end of that movie. um and just you know great performances definitely worth watching so yeah. okay cool. it's free a lot of places um i believe specifically free on tubi yeah i think was, is where i watched it
0: yeah too it's free on tubi pluto peacock Redbox, box voodoo crackle amazon plex
1: that's that's the full list yeah it's pretty much anywhere, yeah, so um two, I guess I mean, I genuinely okay. yeah. like really enjoyed the movie mm-hmm. um, I was I, you don't know how hype I was when he was like, and now I'm gonna go take out the trash yeah, right like, ah, yeah, that's good that's yes. good uh-huh. take out that
0: trash Nailed it yeah uh-huh. um so what so so is that really what you just described the chagrin elements of that? is that the two like
1: yeah, it's it that it, it, I tro- always the
0: tropes and the filmmaking of it at
1: times. When, it, unless a movie really tries to dig deep into like the NCIS crime scene investigation forensic side of things, mm-hmm. I'm gonna forgive some loose, like weak ass science in a movie like that because who yeah. fucking cares, right? Yeah. Like I don't, I don't care if they're giving me like, you know. Like the exact procedure that the cops would use to lift fingerprints, like it can be ridiculous, and I'm fine. Um, it it really is. It's like it's it's some of the direction is kind of goofy, and then um, a little too long. Um, yeah, and that's really you know I got you. Yeah, so but right. good. Yeah, fun movie. I'll check it out. Yeah you watched well you had to watch the chaser because we um did a podcast on it did you watch memories of a murder i did find it for free eventually and watch it yeah i liked it yeah, that's a really good movie that mm-hmm. that's the one that is like so depressing to watch like that's a really difficult movie to watch mm-hmm. um mother is similar to that in the sense that it's like just really hard to watch the whole time and you really feel bad, but it's, like, so worth it because it's so good. Um That is one I have not seen. Yeah, it was, it's weird because it's free and then it's not. And you can't find it anywhere. Yeah. And then it'll pop up somewhere and be free for a little while. And then, like, it's just gone. So, mm-hmm. the next time I see it, I'll point it out to you.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, so. like right now it's hidden behind, yeah, you can get it on like voodoo, it looks like, but it's like hidden on behind uh premium subscriptions everywhere
1: else, like Yeah. It's it's one of the better ones. It's very uh, very rough. Really difficult to watch. Mm-hmm.
0: Alright, so I'm
1: Same going movie- to guess
0: this one has more chagrin
1: to it. Oh yeah. Well <laughs> but no, not not really, but it's okay. a completely different movie. Uh huh. Um, still really enjoyable. Um, but the problem is, is that I started watching it, and then I was like, because it probably would have been the Chagrin movie because it's gonna, it's funnier to talk about. Mm-hmm. But like fifteen minutes in, I was like, fuck, I've seen this movie like three times. I don't know how I didn't remember. Okay, when I tell you the title, like it, I should have remembered this title. Uh-huh. Um, but it's class of nineteen ninety nine. So, sort of like a. I believe, a parody homage to... um, by the same director to the class of 1984. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie with um Michael J. Fox and... Oh, yeah. A bunch, bunch of other people. I forgot completely about that movie. Yeah, kind of like a stand-and-deliver style like um kids versus teachers style thing. Mm-hmm. So, class of 1999 is just the ridiculous like extrapolation from that point. So in in 1999 there's like 10 cities in the country where everyone is just given up and you can do whatever you want. But for some reason people are still going to school. Okay. So in the schools like anything goes and the gangs run the schools and um bradley bradley greg um who if you see him like you'll know him um he's just gotten out of jail and he's going back to school and he's with his um uh with his two partners one of whom is um uh homer from near dark the kid vampire oh okay yeah um that's his younger brother um Mm -hmm. But so the school they go to There's two gangs There's a gang um, That's like a Hispanic gang That wears like animal print okay. um, And then there's Their gang Fuck I gotta remember the names of these gangs All right, I'm just gonna look them up Hold on, Because it's really important uh, Damn this description Is like a thousand pages long Blackhearts yeah, the Blackhearts is a gang that um, Cody belongs to, and then the Razorheads, or yeah. So anyway, so they're always like messing with each other and fighting with each other and threatening war and blah blah blah. So Stacy Keach, who is wearing, who has his hair dyed platinum blonde. That is in like a, a straight back mullet with silver um, contact lenses. Is this like cutting edge scientist of military technology? Okay, and has has sold Lincoln. I think it's Lincoln High is where they are. Um, has sold the high school on um, the idea that they're gonna bring in. They they have these cyborgs that were created for war, that have been decommissioned, but they're going to bring them in, and program them to be teachers, so they can bring back, um, uh, discipline into the school system. Okay. So in order to do that, they set up this whole like NASA lab in the basement of the school to like monitor these teachers, and the teachers are um, Pam Greer, hmm. is uh, the female teacher, right? Fuck. Uh, miss Connors, then Patrick Kilpatrick. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Patrick. Um, sounds if, it, it, he's, he's another one that as soon as you see him, like you'll immediately know who he is. Um, he's been in like, the, I don't know. Oh yeah. Hundreds yeah. of things. Uh-huh. Probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then John P Ryan is the other one. Who's the, um, like the evil teacher he's another guy where he just all kinds of um oh yeah b-level movies and then like minor parts and like a-level movies mm-hmm. um but they're there uh and they have you know their cyborg innards and they're it's basically like terminator vision they kind of have where when they look at things they can um you see like their computations going in their eyes like they do like the robot eye view so anyway it goes about the same that you think it would go so at first they're just kind of like vicious and but firm you know they're um there's actually a really funny scene where uh two guys get in a fight in a classroom and um the john p ryan character picks them up and spanks them both um but he spanks them like really fast and firm and they're sitting there like squirming like ah, ah. and the one guy like he's he's sitting on his desk and he's got his foot on the one guy's chest so he's like squirming trying to get away while he's mm-hmm. just like spanking the ass of the other like this, I don't know like late teen man. Um, So that's pretty funny like that. Right. So what ends up happening is um, Corey's brother or Cody whatever his name is, uh, the main character's brother, um, Cody called his brother is a, a drug addict. He's addicted to E is what I think they call the drug or something like that. Mm. But it's not like ecstasy, it's like it means something else. Right. Um so he gets caught with in possession of the drug by um Mr. Ryan, who murders him by forcing him to eat like uh, um glass capsules filled with the drug until he dies of an overdose. Um, and then steals like his um pardon me steals the crucifix that he got from his mother, um so that's when Cody starts to get suspicious that something's up with these teachers and then eventually, oh, so Malcolm McDowell is the principal of the school um and his daughter uh Christine is in love with Cody and they form a relationship and so Cody wants to get to the truth about the teachers. So they break into the school's like database and they find out that um uh, all three teachers live together which they think is suspicious. Hmm. And so they drive to their house, but of course like even though it's the middle of the school day the teachers are just happen to be going there. Like they don't trip any alarms or anything. They just are going home for some reason. Right. Um so then they find out that Cody and this girl have broken in and um then they murder the principal because the principal wants them shut down because he starts to doubt their methods. Um and it all goes to shit after that. Uh so the two warring gangs, they join forces together. Um or no, I'm sorry, at first the two warring gangs they have a gang war <laughs> because the teachers decided they're gonna trick them into thinking that they've each like murdered an opposite gang member, so they get in this like big gang war that's I don't know like something out of Delta Force where they're like shooting at each other in this abandoned and I don't know like stevedore yard or some shit. And then the teachers come in and the teachers have like um like what's his name uh. Patrick has missiles in his hand and mm-hmm. um Pam Greer's got a flamethrower. Uh so Cody ends up like getting almost killed, and they all get in this like big battle, and the teachers try and kill him, but they get away, and then Cody's able to kind of like rally the forces, and so there's this amazing scene at the end where they're like, We gotta stop these teachers. And they all break into the school and they're driving around the school and um, uh, on their motorcycles because, of course, they all have motorcycles. Mm. Um, And that ends up being the climactic battle. Um, So they end up murdering Pam. Ryan goes first. And then they kill Pam Greer. And then they think they kill Kilpatrick but then Stacey Keach is going to kill the principal's daughter so he can get away. Um, but then Kilpatrick who's just like murder crazy at that point because he's gotten like blown up twice just murder Stacey Keach by like pushing his hand through his chest which is hilarious. Um, and then Cody uses um, a forklift to basically decapitate kill patrick and kills him, and that's the end um and everybody dies except for of course cody and the the principal's daughter they're the the sole survivors at at the end of the movie um but it's 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 ridiculous yeah like pulp i don't know nonsense um but it's a lot of fun and it sounds like like they knew
0: that it was that right
1: oh yeah, yeah yeah but so here's the thing there's one point where the teachers go into the school to murder the students. Yeah. And Kilpatrick says, we're just here to take out the trash. And I knew like it was, you know, it was meant to be. Right.
0: Yeah. Kismet. Um, yeah. So that is like, we've talked about the writer and director of this like multiple times. Um, because the director is is mark mark l lester who directed um Commando, which we've talked about before and um also directed the movie that like i feel like i like once a year like mention in some way which is armed and dangerous the john candy eugene levy film mm. which you've still never seen correct oh uh, yeah that's that's gonna ha- that's someday that's gonna have to happen mm. um I want to see the reaction to that. It's got all kinds of people in it, man. Let you know. Um, <clears throat>
1: lots of things to do.
0: We have never talked about Fire the eighty four Firestarter. We've just talked about the Firestarter from like last year or two years ago. That was awful. It was last year. Um and then it was written by Tom Holland, who um directed wrote and directed Fright Night, um, and wrote and directed a uh, Child's Play. Um yeah. so.
1: so high pedigree. It is, yeah absolutely and a lot of fun like just a really yeah. fun movie um it's one of those things where i'm watching it and, and uh then at this point i had realized that i had seen it already but i figured you know fucking i'm just gonna keep watching sure um where i'm texting orion like hey have you ever seen a movie called this because you would love it um because i just can immediately like at this point tell almost well, sometimes i get it wrong but for the most part i can kind of figure out like what's something that he would enjoy just because of the combination of kitsch and visual aesthetic sure and this is this is one of those movies it's so weird watching so the kid that plays homer in um um uh, near dark has mm-hmm. a pretty prolific like i think screenwriting career and has been in um he's he's i guess co-co-writes with his his partner um like his life partner and mm-hmm did the horror comedy final girls if you ever saw that no I haven't. and seen it. i guess they're the writers of queens of the queen of the south okay. which is another thing i've never seen hmm. um all i'm ever gonna think of them as is the creepy vampire kid so i don't know but sure
0: uh it's funny i was looking up class of 84 because i until you mentioned it and i looked up and saw like the I, I just looked at some screenshots and I was like, fuck, I saw that when I was a kid a couple of times. It was probably on like Cinemax or HBO or something and like watched it. Probably because Michael J. Fox was in it. But I mean Because yeah, like, of the like gigantic amounts of nudity, I'd imagine. Oh, I have no idea. But it's like I, I don't remember it that well. But um it's crazy. Fucking I didn't know that. Tim Tim Van Padden um was a star of that movie. And he was only in like a handful of like things acting wise. Um, but he's like went on to become like one of the like most respected directors on television. Um like Sopranos, the wire, like you know, Boardwalk Empire, like basically all the H like um HBO shows and stuff like that. Um very well regarded. Hm. Weird how things work out. Yeah, that is weird. What um? Hold on. Oh, he yeah he that's right. He started becoming a writer too because he wrote the Pine Barrens um, episode of Sopranos. Um. <clears throat> anyway, what? So I mean, not that you need to rate it, but Chagrin is like what?
1: Yeah, like a like a three or a four. I mean, it's exactly what it's meant to be. Gotcha. Um, because the the first movie i don't know if the first movie is really it the the first movie is is stand and deliver and like death wish mixed Mm -hmm. together kind of i mean because it's it's very much one of those things where you kind of feel like there's going to be some kind of i don't know like edward james almost touching moment but then it's just like gang rape and murder at the end of the movie so i don't know right um but Class of 99 is just so much the opposite of that. And in the sense that it just doesn't take itself like seriously at all. It's just, it's fun to watch from start to finish. So I don't think you can, I I think it's really tough to hate a movie like that unless it's like just utter trash basically. So sure. And this like class of 99 has some fun performances. You know, it's got some recognizable B movie talent. Um, it's funny to watch, you know, Pam Greer and Malcolm McDowell and um like act off each other and um you know, it's just in yeah. Stacey Stacy Stacy Keach is like the gem of that whole movie though, with the fucking silver fox mullet and the huh. contact lenses and like just like basically he's like this evil, I don't know, it's mad, he's well, I mean he is, he's a mad scientist, like I don't I don't care about these children dying. I just want to be rich. <laughs> and like basically revealing his master plan to everyone that he's just going to murder everybody and still sell it to the government. Yeah, so. Stacy Keach is
0: um is a is a is a gem just in general, like in most
1: things. He's he's he gets underrated for his uh comedy, I think. You know, it's a funny performance from J.C. Keach that I've only discovered in the past, like, year or so, is that one from Body Backs, where mm. he plays um yep. the guy with the hair. Like, yeah, I, I don't know what it is about that specific performance, but, like, I, I love that performance from him. Like, it's just it's the right amount of, like, actual, like, physical body horror and camp. Mm-hmm. And it just, it works so well. So, yeah it's it's a thing when
0: you see Stacy Keach and stuff like you you don't realize like how much fun he's having I think a lot of times and like now that you're old now now that I'm older like I notice that every time I see him in something that he's actually having like a lot of fun with something and a lot of it's like
1: just slightly tongue-in-cheek um of what he's doing all the time yeah I really enjoy um really enjoyed class 99 so it was a good week for the spin chagrin yeah even though i was super annoyed um at first right because i thought i was being i was being like forced into watching <laughs> something the,
0: the spin grin has made you paranoid um and like i like i said like i things things are things are a bit different this year like um I don't think anybody's really like, trying to like necessarily fuck you over I, uh, at all. Like there might be a couple categories, but it's like still not in a way that's like something that you couldn't have fun with to some degree, I think.
1: I'm not gonna lie, the first thing that I did after the podcast was I Googled Larry the Cable Guy Trash Collector <laughs> just to see if there was some <laughs> some goddamn Yeah.
0: I mean I think i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say that there's not like a callback or two potentially that could happen of of the first year of the spinster game, but I think this year's a different a different thing yeah um in terms of like where where it's probably heading it's not it's 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 not gonna head to air buddies i don't think yeah um, I hope not I think it's probably taking a different route all right, so given that you wanna you wanna see what we got next week yeah, let's do it all right uh Right. <laughs> Category for next week is Bees it's Bees with a question mark uh, Exclamation point And a question mark um, Break some so- so bees. Like it's a pretty self self-explan- pretty self-explanatory category.
1: <laughs> oh Papa Bear love the honey. <laughs> um, can we just can we just talk about Arrested Development for like an well, hour? And, we could. I 15. We minutes. could. Sure. I don't know. Um, I don't want to watch any of that again. What? No, I'm just kidding. I would watch those first like couple seasons. I don't want to see the later stuff though. Yeah, it's pretty rough. It's pretty rough. Um the first three seasons are good
0: though. Still hold up, I think. <clears throat> but uh Yeah, so bees next week. Are you already like looking for bees?
1: No, oh, I got an idea yeah. what I'm gonna do. Oh okay. Uh, all right, I'm not a so- fan of um Insect Horror, I'm just gonna let you know very mm-hmm. much. Like it um it's either perfect or incredibly hokey and like unwatchable, so I tend to avoid it just because I don't wanna run that risk. Um, so there's there's several movies that have killer bees that could make an appearance. hmm They might all make an appearance. I don't know. I guess what to do this week. Right. I mean you could watch the first three seasons of Rust Development too. Um <clears throat> I could just watch that episode. We could. Oh old Big Bear loved the honey. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the line is. Fucking fucking the the, the
0: beads. The the bees beads thing is still probably one of my favorite jokes of all time.
1: Like, yeah, it's just it's 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 the Jobs not on board is the yeah, thing right. yes for whatever reason. Yes. Like the delivery of that line is um yes yeah so perfect and I don't I don't know why Bateman
0: that... yeah like, I mean, Bateman's incredible like in that series like just in terms of that soft sell ex- like resigned delivery of so much where it's like he can just say anything because nobody's paying attention anyway most of the time yeah because everybody's so self-absorbed all right so b's next week i did want to bring up um i mean we're recording today uh when the oscar nominations came out so it would be um we'd be remiss to i think not just like briefly talk about it it um, would behoove us to
1: discuss <laughs>
0: yeah, it would good 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 job um <clears throat> uh, so here's here's the here's the best picture nominees I'm reading them oh, okay. no I, guess. I guess it doesn't really help for uh
1: audio the, right, format. so uh,
0: all quiet on the western front avatar the way of water. The Banshees of In-, In-, In Sheeran Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans Tar, which I think that's how you- I don't know if that's how you pronounce it or not. Actually, I don't know what that like little.
1: I don't know what yeah, the mark over. Yeah,
0: the... Yeah. Um, Top Gun Maverick Triangle of Sadness and Women Talking. This is all I really want to say about the Oscars is and I felt this way since I was probably in my 20s. God, I hate the fucking Oscars. Yeah. I despise the Academy so much. Like, all the time. Like, every year, they just do shit that I think is just trite, annoying, and... Uh, I don't know what the word that would be. And they drink- just want you... Huh? pandering Uh, yeah no there's another one um yes it's like this idea yes pandering is probably the word yeah it's this feeling of like you know like you know like oh love me like please please love us like okay so i i've not seen a majority of these movies yet i've seen two of them yeah same as me and it's probably the same two movies
1: I've seen Um, the banshees of Inishirin and and I've seen um, uh, everything everywhere all at once. And I enjoyed both of those movies. Same. But I didn't enjoy them in a way where I was like, oh my God, like this is the Oscar. Right. You know what I like better than every other movie on this list? What's that? The massive weight or the unbearable weight of massive talent. I thought was a better movie than every single thing on this list. I still need to watch that, but <clears throat> I should before we get rid of stars again.
0: Um Stars, stars. I. OK. I will watch all quiet on the Western front at some point, despite the fact that I don't want to watch it. Um If they, if they're like going to give it because it, it, it was nominated for other things like. As well. So I'll watch it just because I want to see what's going on filmmaking-wise with it. Not so much because I give a fuck about the story so much. I want to see what they're doing with it and, like, why a fucking World War One novel is being made in 2023. Like, um, But I was already suspicious of that movie avatar being nominated for anything and i have never watched the first avatar i will not watch this avatar the only way i'll watch an avatar movie is if somehow you force me to someday um through a list but i am trying never. to never watch an avatar movie because i've seen just enough to know that i will fucking despise and hate myself for watching it the fact that it's like they are going to nominate like it's like avatar is a joke now like the first Avatar. It's it's clearly a joke. People make fun of it.
1: Yeah, but people, I can't imagine this is any better. I don't know. People really I, I don't know I I've never met anyone that likes Avatar. Right. Or like likes it to the point where they're exuberant about talking about it or they have whatever. Even people that appreciate
0: it seems like what Cameron was trying to do like filmmaking wise and like innovation Mm -hmm. wise admit that it's like it's a terrible story
1: yeah it's terrible writing i i really appreciate what the idea of trying to expand cinema in different directions through the use of like technology like the seamless blend of cgi and live action basically cool like i think and i think his The funny thing is that Avatar started with his push to try and introduce 3D into theaters. And it's been so long since that happened that 3D has died in theaters before his second Avatar movie came out. Like theaters have basically lived an entire lifetime, Mm or most, you know, movie theaters. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like maybe people just felt like there's nothing else to do and it's cold so what are you gonna do outside and you know you got three and a half hours to kill you might as well go sit and watch some strangely attractive blue things like flounce around on your screen i don't know right i i think the first avatar movie is a really poorly written derivative piece of crap and i think it's way too long and I mean, I've mean, i watched it twice I watched it once by myself and I watched it once with Frankie because he wanted to watch it and mm-hmm. I did not enjoy it both times I didn't hate it like like I was super angry watching it but there were so many times where you know like the fucking unobtainium or whatever the hell they call it the stuff that makes all mm-hmm. the rocks float <laughs> and it's just like wah 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 I, I don't know that yeah. being nominated that's just yes. that and Top Gun Maverick and I know that a lot of people say the Maverick is a really good movie and I I will watch it, I think, soon. Um, yeah, I feel like I have to now. But those are definitely your... Um, what's it called? Uh, your mainstream... Like, yeah, like, here's the achievement for earning so much money. Yes. Award. Which is the problem with the top 10
0: in best picture. Like, like look, do I think Maverick is probably a fun movie to some degree if you're into that kind of thing? Like, or you're into, like, some sort of nostalgia. Like, the idea that Top Gun Maverick is getting nominated for a Best Picture, again, not having seen it, I'll fucking watch it now, I guess. And I know people love that movie. Like, I know so many people who love that movie and think it's really good. It's like, Top Gun wasn't a good movie, really. It was a fun movie. It was nowhere near the idea of something like Best Picture at the fucking Oscars. And I can't imagine Top Gun Maverick is any better in terms of, like, maybe it's a little bit better in terms of the writing, potentially. Maybe a little bit better in terms of the filmmaking. But it's a fucking spectacle. It's an experience, probably. I can't imagine that it actually deserves anything close to Best Picture. I'll admit that if I'm wrong um and i'll watch it and i have a strong fucking will because i still never watch fucking bird box um when everybody's like sitting there saying like oh this is so good like oh this is so good. like i i ignore that shit i never watch tiger king either fuck those people congratulations um but that that's what it feels like what maverick feels like is it feels like bird like bird box and
1: tiger king and all that other shit I, that like, I, people I, I think that's a little derivative. I, I mean, I think that Maverick is probably an actually good movie. Um, because Bird Box doesn't come from a place of nostalgic love, and that's where, you know, a lot of the affection for Maverick starts. But apparently it's actually just a good movie, so I don't we'll know. see. Yeah. What has that kid from... Um...
0: Oh, damn it chazelle's first whiplash uh teller miles teller miles Teller's mm. in it. and i like him so maybe um the Fablemans. we we will at some point i think be talking about the fablemans like more than we want to talk about the fablemans. But... it's
1: because you're gonna try and force me to watch this movie so i say something that gets us canceled <laughs>
0: I mean, getting canceled is not like my goal with that at all. I just think it's fun to hear you hate on Spielberg. Um, I mean, I, 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 I really I, look, this is the most self indulgent movie. I, th- this is going to be one of the most self indulgent movies I've ever seen in my life. Probably when I watch the Woman's, it's got to be, it's got to be. Um, one controversy that's coming out of the Oscars is Judd Hirsch getting nominated for Best Supporting Actor and Paul Dano, like, not. Um, and apparently Judd Hirsch has one scene. Um,
1: what movie is that for? Fablemans. Um, Judd Hirsch has a scene. And Paul brand, Dano huh? for Batman?
0: No, no, no. Paul Dano for the Fablemans. He plays the father. Michelle Williams got nominated for the Fablemans because she plays the mother. Spielberg's mother. We should just say Spielberg. Like it's all like you know, it's a love letter to himself. Basically, he'll say it's for the love of film and you know, all that kind of stuff. It's, It's a love letter to his own life. Typical boomer shit. Um, and then some of these movies, like I'll, yes, I'll check out. Like Elvis, I, man. You know how I—I I think you know how I feel about biopics overall. Like I'm largely like not a fan, and the musical biopic is like the number one thing. If you want me to not watch something, is a musical biopic. Um, I heard he's good. I don't know, Elvis. Yeah, he's all right. Did you watch it? No,
1: oh, I'm just talking about Elvis. I don't. Oh, know you're just, <laughs> <I'm> just talking <laughs> about Elvis. I don't give a shit about that movie. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best Elvis song? suspicious minds yeah that's exactly right that's the right answer suspicious minds one in the ghetto too Mm. Mm. does he sing a rose in spanish harlem i don't i don't i don't i I I have to look that one up i don't know about that do you remember the joke at the bar for the longest time because we can never understand what the one guy that guy that would come in and sing like with his guitar like on a Saturday night. And- uh, it was a Thursday night, and yeah, Thursday I remember. Night, yeah, right.
0: right. I, I was the one that like said that he like it's everything sounded because like, I said it, it was it was the Benny it was Benny King did Spanish Harlem, mm. and everything sounded like like the music the guitar music he would play like the sounded like the guitar music in Benny King's Spanish Harlem. Um, and then you couldn't understand what he was saying on top of it because one, he was so far away, and two, I think their mic sucked. That it's like it was just impossible, like to tell. So all I could hear was the guitar music most of the time. But yeah, there was like fucking like seriously like he would have a set. It was the same set every time, I think. And like five well, it was, of the songs would sound like Spanish Harlem. Maybe maybe they all were. <laughs> maybe uh presley did do a version of spanish harlem yeah i don't know if i ever heard that
1: that's the version i know i think huh okay who else did burn in love that's number four hmm. actually i died i love that song there's a like a tremendous energy to that song
0: I don't know what triangle of sadness is. I looked it up earlier to see what it was, and I don't remember even though I looked it up like an hour and a half ago.
1: Maybe it's the Bermuda Triangle and you're just really sad now. Um
0: maybe it's just about somebody that watched the triangle and then they're sad afterwards because they wasted so much of their life. Um women talking sounds like it's probably really fucking depressing and um like probably important socially, but and I'm sure that's why it was probably nominated, it's got, but I'll it's watch it. has got
1: my boo. Who's that? Frances McDormand. Oh. I didn't know that was your boo. She's not, but I really liked that one movie last year that you have refused to watch. <laughs> right. That's not, yes. That's absolutely another one I
0: refused to watch. Oh, Sarah
1: Sarah Polly directed that Women Talking? Oh right. yes.
0: She didn't she did direct that yeah and then got like shut out of the fucking best director category um who who did get nominated for at least cameron also got shut out of that category but who did get nominated it was martin mcdonough uh for banshees um Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert um, for everything, everything everywhere. And then Spielberg, of course, Todd Field for Tar. And then I don't want to butcher his name, Ruben. I'm sure that O is pronounced in some way that I'll never comprehend um, for a triangle of sadness. So I really. There's not really much that's available to watch right now for free. That's another problem, I think, right now is that like so much of this stuff has come out in like the past like two months that you're in a position where it's like
1: most of these movies, eh, who's seen them? Yeah. I watched Everything Everywhere Flying to Thailand. Mm -hmm. It was one of the in flight movies. I enjoyed that movie. I just, I don't know. Like to me, it wasn't. I felt like there was better I agree with you I really enjoyed
0: that movie a lot um, I think Maverick is available somewhere for free right? Peacock I think Is it Peacock? Or no the... it might be Paramount I think it's Paramount I think you're right It's Paramount I always think it's Peacock but it's Paramount That's yeah, Search the, the
1: Because
0: my mother really wanted to watch it and like I kept telling her it was Peacock for like a week and then it was not it was Paramount see so, yeah I don't know. I just think it pandering is probably the best word it's it always feels really pandering anymore in 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 so many different ways. It just feels really pandering when you scroll down through all the categories too, it's
1: even worse, and yes. I don't mean worse in the sense see it's it's crazy because it's almost like it's almost like a like a pointless battle because I'm all about. The idea of inclusion and trying to represent, like, different viewpoints and, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever, racial or religious or sexual, um whatever, backgrounds, but it's like, you don't have to find a way to spread, like, every single thing into, like, as many categories as you can, just so that, I don't know, like, I don't know.
2: Well, but what, then there's a what's couple fa- of oh, Sorry.
1: What say that again? Here's what needs to happen from now on. And I know we talk about the Oscars because we're a film podcast and mm-hmm. we're supposed to, but why the fuck do we? Like, who cares? Like, it's, it really just, I mean, I don't know. It just is annoying all the time because you're always, you're never going to be happy with what gets nominated. You're never going to be happy with what wins. I don't know. Fucking Oscar. What's it even mean anymore? Once you once once you gave Crash an Oscar, the Oscar lost all meaning.
0: It's true. Um. I mean, I was very I mean, I think we were probably both very young when we realized the Oscars were kinda of bullshit. I think the first time I realized the Oscars were bullshit is Was it Tommy Lee Jones that got nominated for the client in ninety five? Maybe. Um <clears throat> let me double check what that was uh the kind of words no Susan Sarandon got nominated for an Oscar for The Client and it's like really that her <laughs> um The Client's a bad movie yeah the client's client not a good movie. movie it's yeah. like it's not even a good at ad- not even a really good adaptation I probably really unpopular opinion the chamber is a better adaptation than the client is.
1: That's something.
0: They might be right. Despite I don't know. Me. I don't care. Oh I know. I wasn't talking to you. I know you don't care. Um you don't care about a <clears throat> Oh. Yeah. Hackman's good in that. won't ever make a list won't ever count towards his um but hackman's really good in that movie hackman didn't get nominated for the chamber
1: look at the year the crash won the oscar right (laughs) the other four movies nominated with it brokeback mountain capote good night and good luck and munich Uh uh-huh i'm not a fan of munich and again i think that that shit is just some bullshit ass fucking i don't know I
0: think I Munich is an okay, like thriller type, like you know, like eh,
1: thing. Like, it's fine, but it was, yes, it was it was out at a time when that shit was happening. Like every fucking year, you had to watch some goddamn tense. I don't know, socio political drama about the hidden war for the souls of our whatever.
0: What, like Syriana?
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, like fucking Syriana.
0: You are you saying Argo's, ne- Argo's never going to make lists?
1: What list does Argo make?
0: I'm just I'm just naming things off of the top of my head. Constant gardener gonna make anything? No. Ah, uh, I've seen all those movies. So I know you have. I know you have. You you always watch them despite that you statement you, that you just made. Got to watch something. <laughs> so yes, Crash, Brokeback, Capote, Good Night and Good Luck in Munich. Yeah it's like there are three movie i would say four movies that are all better than crash munich is a much
1: better movie than yes. crash despite the fact that i don't think okay. it's an oscar worthy all four of those movies are better than crash um that's whenever whenever spielberg or fucking um the other asshole that i can't stand anymore um scorsese makes a movie <laughs> like the academy is up there like flopping away on that dick like because they 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 can't help themselves like it's gonna get nominated for something sure
0: so well let's just do this year real quick and look at it and then we're done all right so so this whole year so because i don't think we'll ever do this year although it should be a year what we do because it's like (sighs) this was the year right this year we watched like everything was oh four is that right that that claim that we make.
1: I mean, I've seen I've I've seen every single movie
0: that's been nominated as a. Sure, I'm saying this like that's the claim. Like that's when we, I was coming up and we were watching stuff after.
1: Uh huh.
0: Yeah, yeah. Afterwards at Regal, like so. Um. So what would you put? Which of those should win Best Picture out of the five that are there?
1: Objectively, probably Good Night and Good Luck and subjectively Capote Okay Um, <clears throat> Best
0: director, who should win that's there?
1: I'm fine with Ang Lee winning that Okay
0: Best actor you're okay with?
1: Yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman for for Truman Capote. That's yeah. that's by far the best performance. Joaquin second. where uh, or he or ah, man, I really like David Strathairn in Good Night and Good Luck. It's true. It's a, I think, R. R. I think it might be his best performance. That's a great performance in that movie. Yeah. And that that movie's as a, as best actor, it might be his best performance. Best supporting for being, actor, maybe not. For being a movie that was Oscar nominated in several categories, I think it's kind of a forgotten gem of that time period yeah yeah at least i forget um, about it all the time is that the only thing clooney's ever
0: directed just out of curiosity he i don't know i thought he directed other stuff um i'll look that up later best actress mm. I've actually never seen Transamerica, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that. I, I have not seen that movie either. Um, out of what I have seen, which is all, uh, I've never seen Mister H- uh, Mrs. Henderson presents. I don't know. Well,
1: no, it's Judy Dench. You can imagine what happens.
0: I mean, you're not wrong. Um, <clears throat> I mean, yeah. So I've seen three of those, and I would probably say the Ron edging out Witherspoon. North <laughs> Country is kind of like, eh, but uh, she's good in that. Yeah. Uh, best supporting actor there, fucking fucking Dylan, getting a nomination. Um, William Hurt for History of Violence. That's a great performance. Yeah. Gillen Hall's is good too, but um,
1: oh, that was the Syriana year too. Huh? Okay. Yeah. Um, it is also the fucking Constant Gardner year, buddy. Is it? <laughs> Yeah. Your jokes I mean, weren't your jokes weren't even jokes. It was it's, just It's fruit. all has
0: a yellow U. The whole year just has like this yellowish right. U over top of all of them.
1: That's why I said mm. this is this like, is there's the Weiss, time. yeah, there you go. All right, yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is the time of the fucking Socio political thriller where everyone's dour and no one wins. Right. Where
0: is, actors? Where I somebody... would say I would actually say not to go against your, your girl, um, McDormand,
1: but I, I would say Michelle Williams probably oh yeah that's an amazing performance yeah or Catherine keener as um really yeah Capote. Yeah. i love capote so yeah yeah
0: god they gave haggis
1: best original screenplay jesus christ okay good night um, good should win that or if not that then match point because that's an amazing screenplay although it it's hard to give it credit to woody allen for anything anymore but um I mean, that's a really well written movie yeah um God, that's the year of the Squid and the Whale, too. That's yeah, your favorite fucking movie of all time. I,
0: so this started in 04. I always, like, think the Squid and the Whale is, like, 07, 08. What is 07 or 08? The Door I, and the Floor, maybe? I don't know. Little Miss Sunshine or something like the that. The Diving um, Bell and
1: the Grasshopper? What the fuck is the name of that movie? I... I... I'm serious. There's a movie. It's like the diving bell, <laughs> the, di- the butterfly, and the diving something. Yeah, like there that. you go. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Uh huh. Um, the door and the floor is the funniest to me because it's like you're not even trying. Right. Right. I don't know. That movie is about mental health or something. I'm sure. Some weighty thing. Fuck it. Is it hollow? <laughs> Fuck it.
0: Um. Yeah. Okay. So. 2004 movies that aren't represented see that's interesting so the aviator wasn't nominated for anything so these were 2003 movies right
1: is that how yes is that correct am i wrong about that no 2005 movies 2005 it's March 6, 2006, so it's the entirety of 2005. The Aviator was definitely nominated. Oh, that. okay. I've gotten completely the wrong year. All right. So,
0: there are 2005 movies. Yeah, yeah. Um. All right. So, what else came out that year? All right. So, well, things they're not going to like nominate like Devil's Rejects and stuff like that comes out that year. Hard um, Candy, um, Con- yeah, right. <laughs> that
1: movie's awful.
0: <laughs> uh, let's see. I think their Google's
1: giving me popular movies based on should I care about? Well, I mean, I guess that's probably the way to look at it. Wikipedia is trying to make me look at American movies, hmm. and it's try—it's breaking it down by like range of months, which I fucking hate when it does. Yeah, eh, there's a lot of bad
0: shit that came out in 2005. Oh yes, a lot of bad shit.
1: Yes, we we saw um, a lot of these movies. You should know. Yeah. Mulan too. Come on. Boogeyman. <laughs> right. The Wedding
0: Date. I'll tell you what. I still think Sahara is underrated. Yes, yeah, Sahara's a good movie. But I really probably, enjoyed that one. probably,
1: probably not, not best picture. No, not
0: not Oscar. <laughs> but it's underrated. Um yeah. considering what what does it have like a uh, 38% on Rotten Tomatoes, right? You know what, like, you
1: know what movie I think is really underrated from uh, 2005 is The Pacifier. Fire. Yeah, remember the, movie? No, yes it is. No, you're absolutely right. That movie's absolutely. hilarious. It's
0: funny. Yeah, it was fun it was a fun fun experience. I yeah, agree. And it makes no
1: sense um God, deb's beauty shop beauty shop i guess isn't terrible but it's not a great movie no um, mm. oh there's i did i just
0: skipped stopped listing bad movies um the amityville horror remake is that year
1: um mm. that hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy
0: Hmm. V- before yeah, v- i did watch that this past year it's it's
1: fine it's i i it's better than Crash. Yes, if you absolutely. want to talk about Lord this. of War is that year? Yeah, Lord of War is a really underrated movie. Yeah, Jarheads that year, which is still better than Crash. Kingdom of Heaven came out that year, and if it would have been released, and it's like a re- eventual director's cut, I think would have been right much more highly regarded. I think War of the
0: Worlds is did it catch That's Spielberg, right? Uh huh did catch me if you can come out before that that might be the last movie that it's like i think is like okay from spielberg like that i actually kind of like
1: oh lords of dogtown was that year that was a really good movie oh yeah it was i really enjoyed yeah Batman begins came out that that year like Mm -hmm. in today's world batman begins would have been nominated for a
2: oh absolutely it would
1: absolutely it would
0: no question about it um I mean, right. I mean, Skeleton Key came out that year, and in, in, in today's world, like, you know, John Hurt would be, like, you know, nominated for a Best Actor. um, he Because he's old. He is old. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's what the Judd Hurst thing is, I think. Like, I mean, I I'm sure it's so. a fine scene, right? Like, I'm sure it's a really good scene. Judd Hurst's a good actor, but um yeah there's a lot of uh, fucking hostile land of the dead jesus exorcism of
1: emily rose terrible yeah blood rain (laughs) (laughs) that's funny um yeah Yeah, history of violence definitely should have been nominated for best picture oh everything is illuminated that year yeah which we talked about on the
0: on the primary feed before um good movie it's it's a great movie
1: yeah domino i'm domino javi oh the weatherman's that year too my name is domino javi fucking domino
0: man that trailer was ubiquitous um
1: kiss kiss kiss, bang bang come on oh yeah yeah
0: thank you for smoking i think is underrated too that's
1: that's a good movie yep the weatherman legitimately one of the worst fucking (laughs) yeah Oh, fucking "Get Rich or Die Trying" came out. Mm. Mm. Cinderella Man was that? Is Cinderella Man to get nominated for anything? Uh yeah, there's some actor or something. Oh, okay. Or maybe adapted screenplay. I I, I yeah, saw it okay. in there when I was. They gave it some there. kind
0: of bullshit. All right. Like the thanks for trying, like <laughs> to impress us. Yeah. You know, bribe us enough money and we'll. Put you in a better category. Thailand was that year.
1: Mm. Thailand is not really an Oscar. Well, it's I not mean, like an Oscar, right? That movie's that movie's hard. Yes, I and mean, he's it's, it's no
0: Avatar, Away the Water, or whatever.
1: I know. Well, what is? <laughs> All right, fucking two billion dollars or whatever the hell. Five billion dollars. A hundred billion. <laughs> two hundred billion every dollar Um, in the world all right
0: so next week bees um and there was no food chat associated with that see i should have should have put like something with sweets or honey you got nothing to talk about with honey just honey all right we'll try something with honey see where it goes all right
1: i got a week to think about things (laughs) with honey with honey Right. You know, I'm actually gonna go make a vinaigrette to go with my salad tomorrow after we get off this Zoom call, and it oh. will have honey in it. So.
0: It'll have honey in it. Okay. Yeah, so spoiler. Okay, let's let's frame it this way. We're
1: gonna talk all about right? that vinaigrette next 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 Monday.
0: <laughs> ten minute ten minutes all about the vinaigrette. Um, no. Here here here's how we'll frame it. You think about honey for the next week because I don't know shit about honey other than sometimes I'll put it in tea if my throat is sore. Um, you give me best ways to use honey next week in, like, my, like, cooking everyday life type thing. There there
1: really is so many. Like, you're being facetious, but honey is a very underutilized ingredient.
0: No, I don't. I think you think I'm being facetious i like always not do. <laughs> right you always think everybody's trying to fuck you on spencer green categories too like you're I very do. Par- you're a very paranoid person was no i'm being completely sincere because i don't know anything about honey so what i'm saying is we'll frame it in a way that it's like you tell me the best ways to use honey because mm. you know more about honey than i do because you know the origin of your food
1: <laughs> i do Bless you. thank you was bees a heaster category <laughs> Bless you're, you. just getting, you're just getting all these sneezes yeah i'm taking them
0: all um no it was my category mm. yeah. i i made my categories over the course of four nights and the re that was actually a tame night um something just happened where i thought about arrested development and made that category um there are categories where it was not quite a tame night and there's a couple categories that are pretty ridiculous but um but then uh, that was a pretty tame one. Like it's just like I figured. Like whatever you you like things about worms and shit. Sometimes
1: like it's true about bees. Probably not literal shit. I am not a fan of you know <laughs> scatological movies necessarily. Right.
0: But, all right. So next week, Frank will find a bees movie and we'll talk about honey. Um, yeah. or random food chat themes. Yes. All right. Teams on this podcast. Have a good week, everybody. Deuces.